Good morning, I'm Kate Forsyth and I am an author. And hi, my name's Belinda Morell and I'm an author too, but I'm also Kate's sister. And we are the authors of a book together, which is called Searching for Charlotte. Searching for Charlotte, we're so excited about it. It's a fascinating story of Australia's first children's author. And Charlotte Waring Atkinson was actually our great, 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 great grandmother. So we're so excited to be here today in the National Library with this amazing collection because we spent months researching this book and a lot of our time was spent obviously researching Charlotte's life with some of these amazing things. And so we're so thrilled to be here in front of a first edition of a book written by our great, 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 great grandmother, uh, which was published in 1841, but also a first edition book of a book written by our great, 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 great grandfather, James Atkinson, which was published in 1826. And here they are. It's so special. It is. It's such a lovely experience for us to be here. The story of how the National Library came to have this wonderful collection of our ancestors' writings is one of the saddest and most poignant stories ever. Um, so James Atkinson and his wife Charlotte Waring Atkinson had four children and their youngest daughter Louisa is actually Australia's first um, native-born novelist, journalist and botanist. And when she was a young woman, she had um, a little girl, a baby, whose name was Louise. And one day, she was looking after her child, and um, her husband, um, his horse, came galloping into the yard of their house, uh, riderless. Um, and Louisa Atkinson was so overcome with terror at what might have happened to her husband that she had a heart attack, and she actually dropped dead. And so when her husband came limping into the yard, he found her lying dead next to the cradle of their newborn baby. It was such a sad story. And, and that one of the things we found when we were researching this story is there were so many moments of absolute triumph and joy, but there were also so many um, incidents that were so tragic and so sad. I, I found myself weeping often while we were researching this book. But um, Louise played a very important part in this story because when she was 15 years old, she was an orphan. Her mother had died when she was a tiny baby. Her father died not long after and she was uh, raised by relatives and she had a really unhappy childhood. And then um, when she was 15 years old, her aunt, everybody in the family had died and her aunt decided to sell the grand um, huge house of Oldbury and burn everything. So she was making this massive bonfire. But she said to Louise, you can come and take away what you can carry. And that little 15-year-old girl had to walk over fields and over hills and down dales to the house and she could gather up off that bonfire anything that she could carry home. So everything that we have now in the National Library and in the Mitchell Library, the State Library in Sydney, is what that little girl Louise carried, walked five kilometres, gathered off that bonfire, everything she could carry and then she had to walk home five kilometres carrying all these precious amazing things so that we have them now and I just you know I bless that little girl I think she was just so amazing but then I also want to weep for that bonfire of all the treasures that were actually burnt um, in that massive bonfire so long ago so yes it is a, a sad and a poignant story but how lucky we are to have these amazing things that Louise saved from that bonfire. And we could never have written our book if we hadn't had access to this wonderful you know, collection. So we, we have here at the National Library, we have um, things including, as well as the first editions of James Atkinson and Charlotte Waring Atkinson's books, mm. uh, which was the first children's book published in Australia. We also have um, such lovely things as the little Bible that um, Louise Snowden was given on 
on her christening. And when she was married, she carried um, that Bible in her bouquet at her wedding. Um, yes. it's, it's such a beautiful little touch. We have newspaper articles. Um, there are drawings, photographs, sketchbooks, um, all sorts of ephemera. Absolutely. Boxes. Kate and I came down to the National Library and we must have had 40 boxes that were jam-packed full of tiny little documents, you know, handwritten letters and some of them are so incredibly difficult to decipher. My personal favourite in the collection is Charlotte's Shipboard Journal which she wrote in 1826 when she was coming out to Australia and she sat there every day in, in, in the cuddy writing in her journal about things that happened on board and she had this, it gives us a real insight into her personality. She was um, fun-loving, she loved to laugh, she was so determined um, and she just saw the whole thing as a great adventure. But the very special thing about this book is it actually records the romance between her and her husband James Atkinson and so she came on board the, the ship at Gravesend and Kate and I went during our research to Gravesend and we walked the cobblestones where they walked and um, she came on board the ship and then she met James Atkinson and he tipped his hat to her as he came up the gangplank and we've been told that story as part of our family mythology ever since we were little tiny girls and the other story that I absolutely loved that we were told as girls was that as part of their courtship ritual James Atkinson when she was cold he would wrap Charlotte in his plaid cloak and uh, I was so thrilled but when I transcribed this journal in 2012 and I found the very first reference to the plaid cloak that this wasn't just family mythology, it wasn't something that someone had made up, it was actually based in fact and there was this first reference twice in the journal, she refers to James wrapping her in his plaid cloak and the first time she was sitting on the poop deck and she was cold and she was sitting there watching the scenery wrapped in his cloak only a couple of days after she'd met him and then later on there was this terrifying storm at sea and Charlotte nearly drowned and she got smashed by a wave and she had all those big heavy petticoats and she was under the water and she couldn't get up and she was drowning and James scooped in picked her up and then wrapped, saved her life and then wrapped her in his plaid cloak. And it's this absolutely beautiful romantic story. And the next day he proposed to her. So they were, it was love at first sight. That's and what we he, were always told exactly, when we were kids. It was love at first sight. He was the love of her life. And this story is just beautifully preserved in this, this journal that just took months to transcribe. So this is my favourite, um, this is my favourite thing in the collection. Um, but it, it, it led us to another amazing discovery, this story of the plaid cloak, which we first heard as oral history. Then this was confirmed by transcribing the journal. And then um, what happened was when we were at the Mitchell Library, we were going through um, a whole lot of um, archives there and we found this sketchbook that had been misattributed to Charlotte's son, James John. And as we're turning the pages, we're thinking, this is not the work of a teenage boy, this is Charlotte's work. So that was an amazing discovery. But then I turned the page and there's this beautiful self-portrait of this beautiful woman wrapped in a plaid cloak. And we're in the Mitchell Library, everyone's quiet. And I scream out, I go, oh my God, she's wearing a plaid <laughs> and everyone looks at me, glares at me as if ready to throw me out. And of course, this was the, the first discovery of this beautiful self-portrait of Charlotte as a young woman, glowing with love and happiness and roses and wrapped in a plaid cloak. And when we started this journey, when we decided that we were going to write a book inspired by the life of Charlotte Wearing Atkinson, um, our ancestor who wrote the first children's book published in Australia, we were not sure if there were any discoveries left to be made. Mm. Um, you know, both James Atkinson, Charlotte Wearing Atkinson and their daughter Louisa Atkinson have had you know, books and papers and articles written about them, so much research done into their lives. And so that the very first act of research that we did together gave us this incredible discovery. It gave us 
um, great hope and um, fortitude to know that our, our journey was actually going to be one of true discovery. And there were so many other amazing things we discovered on the mm. journey along the way. Just so many tiny little details about her life that we didn't know, big things, little things. But one of my other favourite discoveries here um, was this particular book here, which is um, the Reverend Wools, and it was his sermon that he gave when Louisa, um, Charlotte's fourth child, her daughter died, and he talked about her life. Um, and there's a few um, you know, really interesting details in here. But we discovered um, he talked about the fact that Charlotte had written several books. And this was the first clue we had that it, that it wasn't just a mother's offering to her children that Charlotte had written, that she had other, written other works as well. And then we found other clues as well, didn't we? That's exactly right. So we were here um, in, in the special collections room at the National Library. And Belinda and I are working through the many, many, many boxes of archival material. And then, you know, Belinda's reading this particular book and she turns to me and she says, isn't this fascinating? This, this sermon says that Charlotte Welling Atkinson was the author of more than one book. And we thought, well, we, I wonder what else she could have written. And then I was going through the Marcy Muir um, archival box. Marcy Muir was Charlotte Welling Atkinson's biographer. And I found a hand scribbled note that simply said, P and P tales, uh, question mark. And I thought, I wonder if Marcy Muir was wondering if this was a, a book authored by Charlotte. And so I began to research um, and over, over time I discovered that there's a book here in the uh, special collections called um, Peter Prattle's Amusing and Instructive Tales. And it contains a short story, which is the first time a story was ever set in Australia, in literary history of the world. The first story ever to be set in Australia was published in this little illustrated chapbook called Peter Prattle's Amusing and Instructive Tales. So of course I pulled up the book and then I examined it and through a process of, let's call it linguistic forensics, I came to the conclusion that that book that Marcy Muir was right. That book had been written by Charlotte Waring Atkinson, which means that she's not only the author of Australia's first children's book, but she's the author of the first piece of fiction set in this country. And that was the most amazing discovery. It was uh, quite incredible. And we also found, I've, um, I, I found another reference to her having written several works. So we had the, we went, we have, with everything we have to substantiate it by having three pieces of evidence. Mm. And so we had the Reverend Walls, we had the other reference to it from the 19, a 19th century biography of Louise's life, and then we had the, the Marcy yeah. Muir um, note. So that was so exciting. We feel that we are, we are so lucky because um, so much of our research, uh, we were able to draw upon our old history, the stories that we were told by our grandparents and our mother as we were growing up. And as a child, we were in, in completely enchanted by these stories, you know, the romance and the drama and the intrigue of Charlotte's amazing life. But as we grew to be adults, we began to doubt the veracity of these old stories. They we seemed thought, too amazing to be true, didn't they? They seemed like we thought, oh, she must have been far more ordinary than that. That's right. We thought, oh, of course they've been romanticised. Of course they've been glamorised. Um, and so when we set out on our journey, when we were searching for the truth of Charlotte's life story, we were expecting to find our childhood uh, family mythology being debunked. 
but demolished what we, impact. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what we found is that many of the stories that we were told as children, this oral history, turned out to be true. Absolutely. And that was, I think, one of the most amazing discoveries of all because it shows the how um, stories that are passed down through the generations, they carry within them a kernel of truth. Um, and by listening to the stories of our forebears and um, of our, our parents and our grandparents, we actually do um, receive truths about our ancestors and about um, how our families were shaped. I think so, but I think we were incredibly lucky because our family were writers, so they all wrote. And so it wasn't just Charlotte that wrote um, stories about her life and, it, and wrote her journal and her children, both her, um, her daughters, the elder daughter Charlotte and also Louisa, who was the first um, Australian-born female novelist and journalist. I mean, they both wrote articles for newspapers. They both wrote articles, um, stories, handwritten family histories. Letters, journals. Letters, journals. And so we had this incredibly rich um, primary sources that we could use, which just sort of just brought those characters to life, those people to life. Um, and also the other thing that was amazing was the trove. Gosh, trove newspapers. Mm. I mean, I just can't believe we've got all these digital newspapers going right back to the very early days of the colony. And we could go, we could go through and we could see they were all prolific letter writers. So James Atkinson was always writing to the newspapers. Um, Charlotte, um, there was just uh, not only that, there was advertisements that talked about how sad it was when they threw Charlotte out of Oldbury and they put the house up for let and it had a listing of, you know, how many sheep they had and how many cows they had and how many rooms they were in uh, and and all the all, all it was this incredible list of of that gave a real insight into their lives and later on um when charlotte was selling another property it, it gave us these very really interesting details into what she was doing at that time when she was running a school all of these discoveries we could make through the newspapers which were just i mean i got lost down those rabbit holes for weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> following these little tiny leads which sometimes led nowhere but other times led to these incredible discoveries we kept, we had a rule, um, we had a number of rules when we were writing this book, but one of our rules was to remember everything was fascinating to us because we were making these discoveries about our own family, but our rule was it might be interesting, but is it relevant? Absolutely. And so we had to choose what to keep in the book and what to, was probably not of of interest to anyone outside the family. Exactly. And so that really helped us because at some points in the writing of this book, we were so overwhelmed by the difficulty of the research and how much material there was and um, how um, how difficult it, it, it was to read the faded handwriting, you know, written mm -hmm. with a quill and ink, how difficult it was to know if the things that we found had significance or not. I mean, just one scribbled note from Marcy Muir led us to this amazing discovery. But if we, if we hadn't had that serendipitous moment where Belinda was discovering in one book that Charlotte had written more than one published work, and then I almost simultaneously found this note. Yeah, it was almost simultaneously. Mm. We, would, we would never have put the two things together and made that amazing discovery. So it was a, a series of astonishing serendipitous, um, mm. you know, findings that mm. led us to many of our most exciting mm. insights. It was, and one of the things I loved discovering in the National Library Archives was there was these beautiful letters and little handwritten um, family histories that were written by very many different members from our side of the family. So there's um, when Louise's daughter, 
Louise and Janet Koch collected an amazing history, but she was very much focused on her famous um, grandmother, um, Louisa Atkinson, whereas our side of the family were, were more interested about Charlotte Elizabeth Atkinson, the eldest daughter. And so for us, it was amazing finding these sort of records in the National Library that had been carefully collated and put aside in boxes. And the fact that they all cared so much about this that they wanted to write it down and record it. Mm -hmm. And and um, and some of the, I mean, some of them were rather outlandish, some of their ideas of the family. <laughs> History, you know, Some were a little bit romanticised. A little bit romanticised, <laughs> but it was still fascinating nonetheless. And, and then to sort through the wheat from the chaff really and work out and, and just double check everything and make sure, find out what actually was was real and what was true. And then, um, and then, and then enjoy the romanticised, exaggerated um, parts of the story. But it's a very good thing that Belinda and I get on so well because we spent so much time together rummaging around in these archival boxes, getting very tired and... Dirty and, and uh, <laughs> dusty. And, no, they're beautiful. <laughs> um, and so, you know, because we were able to work together, I think that we were able to, um, you know, make some of these discoveries while perhaps without, um, you know, the fact that we are sisters, we wouldn't have made quite so many. No, possibly not. And also, we, I think our backgrounds were really helpful because we've both worked as journalists, so we're very used to research. We're very used to keeping very detailed research notes, but we've also both written a lot of historical fiction. So yeah. we've, we've both written many historical novels, which meant we could combine the um, that meticulous note-taking and meticulous research together with the creative imagination of bringing that world to life, bringing Charlotte's world to life, mm -hmm. bringing that whole 19th century colonial um, society to life. And so we're very lucky. I think it's almost... An, incredibly unlikely pairing of authors where we were not only sisters but we also had these these very similar um, literary skills. Absolutely you know um, and we were able to you know work on different parts of the book um, know what we were searching for and then you know be able to write our own chapters so we weren't trespassing on each other's Air of expertise. No, absolutely, mm. absolutely. So sometimes that's probably what we might have disagreed about the most was what parts of the book we were both fascinated with everything. That's right. So after um, Louise Snowden walked all the way back to her home, carrying her armfuls full of these treasures, um, she held on to them all of her life. And in time, she grew up and married and had a daughter of, of her own. Janet Koch, and Janet Koch inherited this incredible archive of materials of her of her grandmother Charlotte Waring Atkinson, and in time she she felt very strongly that they should be saved for the future. That Charlotte Waring Atkinson's incredible um, achievements in her life, struggling through uh, grief and loss and violence and this struggle to live an independent life to write Australia's first published children's book. This is something that should be celebrated and should be studied for the future. And so Janet Koch gave her collection to the National Library and that is why we have it here with us today. It was a great gift. Mm, absolutely, so precious. I hope you love reading our Searching for Charlotte. The fascinating story of Australia's first children's author.